0: Faithfulness in Our Circumstances. Uh, This episode of our podcast is going to be examining or looking at faithfulness in our circumstances, as found in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 9 to 22. We'll be examining the closing remarks of the Apostle Paul here in the book of 2 Timothy. And in this message, or this episode, we're going to look at the ultimate Closing remarks of Paul, and that we'll be examining the closing statements of the book of 2nd Timothy in Paul's last written words. There's marked significance to these remarks. The deathbed statement of any individual has an importance that's not attached to other remarks. This is what lends much significance to 2nd Timothy. It is the final written communication of Paul. It is his final message. It has a note of sadness that is not detected in his other epistles. Nevertheless, there is the overarching tone of triumph. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Faithfulness in our circumstances. Faithfulness in our circumstances. Paul wrote his own epitaph in the chapter 4 of 2 Timothy in these verses 6 to 8. With death, so close Paul must have thought about meeting the Lord meeting his Lord, meeting Jesus his appreciative mind must have gone back to the first time they met it was on that road to Damascus how much had transpired since then how many memories have been made, how many triumphs in the Lord how many hardships how much pain how much joy How much happiness, how many victories have been won since that day. We first met Brother Anias? We see that in Acts chapter 9. Then, after that, there were the learning years for Paul. Then the missionary journeys. That's where he met Timothy. You have the converts. You have the confrontations. You have the shipwrecks, the stonings, the beatings the joys, the love of teaching, the growing in the bonds of Christian love. Timothy had seen a lot of battles and troubles since since that first day he met Paul. Paul encouraged him to endure hardness, strive for the masteries or control, strive lawfully, suffer for Christ, rightly divide the word, flee youthful lust, seek righteousness, faith, love, and peace, and to avoid foolish questions and be gentle. What wonderful exhortations these are from the apostle about to die, giving them to his spiritual son. In thinking of the unusual and unique elements of Paul's Christian experience, it would be impossible for us to emulate all the details of his consecrated life. His example can be daunting, and it sets a very high standard. But not everyone is placed in a position like Paul. God may place a few of us in singular positions to preach to the Gentiles, kings, and Israel. Others are placed more like members of God's special team, like Tychicus, Onesimus, or Philemon. Some are placed like Titus, Luke, or Timothy, and still others are placed like the unnamed or unknown members of God's special team who support, who help, who hold up the pastor or the missionaries or the evangelists in their prayer, who are the the people that help in the background of church, or they don't get the headlines like a Paul or a Timothy or or your pastor, but you're still valuable, necessary, needed, great members of God's team, of God's special team. All these people mentioned, Tychicus, Onesimus, Timothy, Luke, they all played lesser roles than Paul that we could see. All were different. God placed them as he saw fit. We can all probably relate more to these lesser roles. I know I can. But they all were taught of Paul. And so should we be taught of Paul. We have his letters. We have his faith and confidence as an example. We should learn from Paul. Seek to learn all we can from his example and his writings, his doctrine he taught us. That despite all the trials that Paul went through, he never lost his confidence in his heavenly Father and in his Master, Jesus Christ. Paul's closing words of Timothy show this, even though Paul was in a Roman prison. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work, and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit. Grace be with you. Amen. That's Second Timothy chapter four eighteen and twenty two. Now in this message, in this podcast, we're going to take special note of some individuals that are mentioned, members of God's special team, and the closing admonitions, teachings, and instructions Paul gives his son in the faith. But these closing statements are not just for Timothy. They are for all of us. They are for our edification. They are for our instruction. They are for our spiritual development. They are for our spiritual protection. Second Timothy three sixteen 16-17 All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is proper for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. First thing we'll look at in our passage 2nd Timothy chapter 4, we're going to look at some requests, departures, and teammates. Starting in verse 9, Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me, for Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Cretans to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry and Tachycus have I sent to Ephesus, the cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee and the books, but especially the parchments. Bring the books and the parchments. Verse 13 again. When thou comest, bring with thee and the books, especially the parchments. Now, Now I'm kind of looking at the last verse first in this little section of scripture, but I wanted to get to the good stuff first, and then we'll come back to verse 10 in Demas at the end. When thou comest, bring with thee and the books, but especially the parchments. The requests are fascinating here in this passage. They basically boil down to something like this. Timothy, I am lonely. Most have departed from me, and I am cold. I need my cloak, or I will need my winter clothes when when winter comes, and I need my books. I want to continue to study. I need my books, and especially the parchments. Would you come quickly, Timothy, before winter, and bring them? There is a lot to meditate on in these verses nine to thirteen of Second Timothy chapter four. You have Mark's restoration to fellowship and ministry of Paul, Paul's abandonment by Demas, Paul's unselfish dispatching of others to locations all over Asia Minor. But first. I want us to focus on the request for the books and the parchments. Charles Spurgeon gave a very famous sermon on this passage of scripture. Here is what the Prince of Preachers says about this request to bring the books. He, Paul, is inspired, and yet he wants books. He has been preaching at least for 30 years, and yet he wants books. He had seen the Lord, and yet he wants books. He had a wider experience than most men, and yet he wants books. He had been caught up to third heaven, and had heard things which it was unlawful for a man to utter, yet he wants books. He had written the major part of the New Testament, and yet he wants books. The apostle says to Timothy, and so he says to every preacher, Give thyself unto reading. The man who never reads will never be read. He who never quotes will never be quoted. He who will not use the thoughts of other men's brains proves that he has no brains of his own. Brethren, what is true of ministers is true of all of our people. You need to read. Study as much as possible sound theological works and expositions of the Bible. You may get much instruction from books, which afterwards you may use as a true weapon in your Lord and Master's service. Paul cries, bring the books, join in the cry. That's the end of Charles Spurgeon's quote. Now we can glean much from this. How does this apply to me, You might be saying. How does this apply to us? Paul was learning, reading, and studying, and writing to the very end. We should seek to be like him. We ought to be like him, and that we all should be lifelong students of the Word of God. Bring the books. We can't neglect our study. Now, this next one we're going to look at. I think's absolutely incredible. Bring Mark. He asked Timothy to bring the books. Now we're looking at where he asked Timothy to bring Mark. Verse 11. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Note the one person that Paul requests that Timothy brings with him. The one person Paul wants to see in addition to Timothy, as he now believes he is facing his death, and that is Mark. Oh the wonderful redemption of the Lord, the wonderful God of the second chance that we see in this passage. Now let's look at Acts chapter fifteen verses thirty six to forty one. And some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city, where we have preached the word of the Lord, and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not good to take him with them, who departed from them from Pamphylia, and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, confirming the churches. The mark that Paul requests Timothy to bring with him is the mark whose departure from Paul on his first missionary trip caused great dissension between Paul and Barnabas. The mark who Paul wanted nothing to do with. The mark that had greatly let Paul down. The mark that needed a second chance. Jonah three one, And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. Aren't we so thankful that the word of the Lord comes unto us the second time? And the next second time? And the next second time? And the next second time? How the Lord is gracious to us? How the Lord always welcomes us back? How the Lord always wants that relationship restored and renewed? How the Lord always wants to use us? Use us in his word. Use us in his work. Use us in his ministry. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. Now, the mark that Paul wanted was that mark that served the God of the second chance. It was that mark that served the God of redemption. It was that mark that served the God that delights in using and calling those that other Christians would not. That mark is who Paul requested to see one last time. Although he had been a failure in Christian service, Mark was called back into the work of the Lord. There are many of us who have experienced this same grace of God. He calls failures back into service when they truly repent and are determined to suffer hardship for the gospel's sake. What higher calling can any Christian have than to be useful in the work of the gospel? What amazing God we serve. We serve the God that can use the unusable. We serve the God that calls those men others had dismissed as unusable. We serve the God who mends broken relationships. We serve the God who restores. We serve the God who heals. We serve the God that loves the unlovable. We serve an amazing God that we cannot possibly praise enough for what he has done, what he continues to do, what he will do. What a mighty, all-loving God we serve. So bring the books. Bring Mark. Now we got to look at verse 10. Demas hath forsaken me. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed unto Thessalonica. Now we come to perhaps one of the saddest phrases in all the Bible. Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Demas has been previously mentioned several times in Paul's writings, but now he has forsaken Paul. Notice the pathetic reason Demas forsook Paul and forsook the ministry the Lord had given him to do. He forsook so much. He forsook friendships. His ministry, his reputation, all because he loved this present world. He let his fellow members of the body of Christ down. He let his teammates down. He was no longer doing his part. So others had to do more. Or perhaps the work was just left undone. Souls that could have been saved that went to hell instead. Just because Demas loved this present world. Our actions and our lack of service to Christ does not just affect us. They have eternal consequences. Demas gave up living in the will of God. He gave up his usefulness to God. He gave it all up because he loved the world more. That is a sad epitaph of a life that was once lived sacrificially for Christ in the gospel. How sad is that? His epitaph could read, I love the world more than the Lord. Let that never be said of us. Let our epitaph be what Paul's was. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Which epitaph do we want? The one that Paul wrote in those verses 6 to 8? Or the one that's been said about Demas? Hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Though the devil can make things look so inviting can make sins or pleasure of the world look so appealing, make it look easier, make it look better, make it look more enjoyable. But there is always a steep price to pay for the world's and the devil's enjoyment. There is pleasure in sin for a season, the Bible tells us as much. But then after that, the guilt sets in. The regrets set in. The unfulfillment in life sets in. The losses set in. The physical, the spiritual, and the emotional toil and consequences set in. You start paying the price. You start paying a steep price for that pleasure of sin for a season. Demas paid a very steep price for his love of the world. The world of suffering for the sake of Christ was obviously too much for Demas. He preferred the world of ease and pleasure. John tells us about the dangers of loving the world in 1 John 2:15-17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. When the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth. Forever. We need to have faithfulness in our circumstances. Paul had faithfulness in all his circumstances. Timothy had faithfulness in his circumstances. Demas did not. He loved the world more than he loved the Lord. Will we have fought the good fight? Will we have finished our course? Will we have kept faith Will there be laid up for us a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous, shall give us at that day for having loved his appearing, for having been faithful in our circumstances, for having stayed true to him and his word? Or will we love the world more than the Lord? Will that be said of us? Will we have Demas's epitaph spoken of us? You know, he, he lived for the Lord for a while, then he kind of let down at the end. Kind of let things get away. Maybe he was offended, maybe things happened. He just, or he just loved the world better, just got away from the Lord, had forsaken the Lord, forsaken his work of the Lord, and, and just loved the world more. Will that be spoken of us? Or can it be spoken of us when the time of our departure is at hand? That we fought the good fight that we finished our course, that we kept the faith, that there is a crown of righteousness laid up for us, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give us at that day. Now we did a brief examination of this passage in 2 Timothy. We just touched on a couple of verses. We didn't finish. But we saw how Paul was faithful in his circumstances. We saw how Paul was faithful to continue to study in his circumstance, he said, "Bring the books, bring the parchments. Paul wanted to keep studying. Then we saw how God is a marvellous God of the second chance, how God restored that relationship between Paul and Mark, so much so that, that Paul said, "Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. When Paul knew he is facing death, he wanted Mark with him, and we saw how that that relationship had ruptured greatly and great contention between Paul and Barnabas over Mark, but now the reconciliation has taken place, and, and Mark is such an encouragement to Paul. He wants him with him right then and there. We serve the God of the second chance, Jonah three one, And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. We don't have to be a demon. If Maybe we've forsaken the Lord now. It doesn't have to be how it ends. We serve the God of the second chance. We serve the God who restores. We serve the God who heals. We serve the God that loves. We serve the God that mends those broken relationships like we saw with Mark and Paul. We serve an amazing God. So will our epitaph, will it be a Demas epitaph or will it be a Paul epitaph? Will we stay faithful in those circumstances, faithful in those discouragements? Will we stay faithful to study the Word of God, faithful to keep those relationships built and growing for the Word of God? Faithful for to forgive others so relationships can be restored? Will we faithfully give out the gospel? Faithfully witness? Will that be what is known of us when the time of our departure is at hand? Or will it be a Demas? We need to decide. We all need to make that commitment right now. Will we be a Paul as far as our epitaph goes? Or will it be a Demas? As far as our epitaph goes. Will, people, will we be known of people. Yeah he's a good guy. If she's a good lady. But didn't really live for the Lord. Like she should have. Or he should have. Will we be known for having loved. This present world more. Loved the pleasures of sin. More than the Lord. Or will we be known. To having fought the good fight. Having kept the faith. And receiving that crown. Of righteousness, when we see our Lord and our Savior, when the time of our departure is at hand. Now we'll continue this study. We'll dig in a little more in this passage of Scripture. I just want to close with this thought: Are we? At, will we know, will our be known where epitaph but have the edemus epitaph, or at Paul epitaph? I pray that for all of us we could truthfully say. For I am now ready to be offered. In the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but to all them that also love is appearing.